सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर करवाहे तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मिदिषावे ओ शाति 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 ओम मे द लॉर्ड प्रोटेक्टस बोथ द टीचर एंड द टॉट टुगेदर बाय रिवीलिंग नॉलेज May the Lord protect us both by giving us the results of knowledge. May we attain vigor together. Let what we study be invigorating, be illuminating. May we not cavil at each other. Om, peace, peace, peace. So we are studying the Upanishads in this class, and this is the Katha uh, Upanishad we are studying. Last time. we were on chapter 2 section 1 ninth mantra yataschodeti suryo astai yatra chagachati tam deva sarve arpita tadunatyeti kashchana etadvaitat on that from which the sun rises and in which the when it it sets are fixed all the deities none ever transcends that this indeed is that all right so what's going on here what we did in the last class is in this section yama the lord of death the teacher is establishing oneness the central teaching of vedanta advaita vedanta is oneness um swami vivekananda in uh, in one place he says that the only religion is oneness so everything all religions are trying to establish that the only true religion is oneness now how do you establish oneness um at the level of existence consciousness please satchidananda at the level of appearance there is no oneness at the at the physical level there is no oneness at the mental level there is no oneness even at the causal level it seems to be one causal level by me i mean what we experience in deep sleep for example seems to be one blankness your deep sleep my deep sleep they seem to be same but the seeds of manifestation are there the vasanas the distinctions are there in a suppressed form in you know like a hibernating form so when it comes out you can see all the differences the deep sleep the causal level is basically all differences are there but covered up as it were a blanket of darkness so there's no um, oneness uh, at the level causal subtle and physical levels by the way when i say causal subtle and physical levels uh, what i mean is easily understood when we look at ourselves um, when we look at ourselves we see this physical body so this is called the physical level gross level sanskrit uh, sthula then inside when we look inside by inside around means physically inside the body in our experience of ourselves when you look into yourselves you find uh, thoughts feelings emotions ideas memories the person you think we think ourselves to be the person that is the subtle level all thoughts are there memories are there desires are there our our uh, um, personal history uh, our understanding uh, intellect memory ego the sense of ego that's all subtle level then when we look further back we generally don't think of anything more than this but there is a deeper level uh, an experience of for example the blankness of deep sleep uh, where just is the same darkness uniform darkness if you go into deep sleep that is called the causal level in sanskrit karana karana sukshma sthula um, subtle and causal subtle and gross so i have done this mantra um, last time so i just quickly uh, summarize i'm using this and uh, all the other mantras which preceded it to summarize what what goes on what's been going on so we have these three experiences physical subtle causal stula sukshma karana like this the entire universe uh, it also has a physical subtle and causal the physical part of it is clear to us this is what we experience but vedanta in common with other uh, indian philosophers most other indian but not all says that there is a cosmic subtle level also 
called the cosmic mind. Just as we have individual minds at a certain level, there's a cosmic mind, which is nothing more than all minds connected together, the cosmic mind. And there's a cosmic causal level also, which is like our deep sleep, but connected together, and that is called maya. Now, at all of these levels, there is just difference. Bodies are different from each other. Minds are different from each other. Personalities are different from each other. Even at the cosmic level, it's one mass of differences. What Vedanta wants to say and what Yama is teaching Nachiketa is, behind all of that is one existence, Sat, Chit, Ananda. And all of this, all of these differences are appearances which come to consciousness, in consciousness, as has nothing other than consciousness. Think of variety of waves and foam and bubbles and all in, in what? Uh, in uh, ocean. But they're all one mass of water. They all look different. They act differently. We have different names for them. Wave, foam, um, surf. But they're all water. At that level, they are one. Similarly, there is one level where everything is one. The individual, uh, physical, subtle, causal, and the cosmic, physical, subtle, causal. What is that one level? It is existence consciousness place. That sounds pretty theoretical, pretty speculative. No, it's you. In other words, Vedanta says, you are that in which everything becomes one without any difference. But to understand that, of course, we have to go through the earlier stages of Vedanta. You know, to, to first of all, step back and see you are not a body. You are not a mind. You are not even beyond the mind, the causal state. You are the witness consciousness in which all of these appear. And these are nothing different from that consciousness. Similarly, the cosmos is also nothing different from that consciousness. And multiple names are given to this consciousness when they associate with the three levels. Three levels at the individual level. Three levels at the cosmic level. Three individual levels, the um, consciousness at the, uh, with the uh, causal level uh, individually is called pragya. Consciousness at the cosmic level, um, at the causal stage, is called ishvara. Consciousness at the um, subtle level, individual state is called Taijasa. Same consciousness, one consciousness at the cosmic level with all the minds together is called Hiranyagarbha. Ah, so you're learning these names. And then the same consciousness at the physical level with one body plus mind plus causal body is called Vishwa. The same consciousness with the cosmic level with all physical bodies, the entire universe as its body is called Virat. But all of them are nothing but one existence consciousness place, which you, the real you are. This is what has been proved till now. Or he wants to demonstrate. And he keeps saying, Etadvaitat, this is that which you asked about. Oh, Nachiketa, this was your third question. That one reality underlying the entire universe, and that's you, but the real you. Now he sums up the entire teaching in this tenth. A mantra. What, what teaching? Oneness. He says there is oneness here. It looks like many. Then he tells us the advantage of seeing oneness and the great disadvantage, indeed, the danger of seeing many. Tenth mantra. Very important mantra. Tenth. It's often quoted in Vedanta. Especially Shankaracharya loves this mantra. Yadeviha tadamutra yadamutra tadanviha what is in what indeed is here is there. What in what is there is here likewise. He who sees as though there is difference here goes from death to death. Okay, that's a dire warning. So he says, What is here is there. What is there is here. Very important statement and um, powerful state, statement of oneness. What does he mean by there and here? Here means what I think of myself. This poor little fellow Sarva Priyananda. Here is the body. Here is it's the mind, intellect, memory, the ego, which says I Sarva Priyananda and a name Sarva Priyananda and my life such as it is. 
what I think of life and what I do in life, my successes and failures, this is, this is who I am. She says, no, that's not who you are. What is there? There is Brahman, existence, consciousness, bliss, the absolute reality of the, of the universe. So what is from which have come, uh, which is in association with the, with the causal Maya is Ishwara, in association with cosmic mind becomes Hiranyagarbha, in association with the physical universe that becomes um, uh, Virat. And when associated with um, the, the cosmic level of Maya and cosmic mind and in universe is so different from me, that level, that one is omniscient. I know so little. I may run to the library every day of my life. I will still end up knowing very little. And whatever I know, I will soon forget. And that one is omniscient and doesn't forget. I think it was Eliot, so one of the most scary um, poems I've read, talking about the uh, judgment day, about he who remembers. So the world may forget. I may forget what I have done, but there's one who does not forget. Um, I may explain away what I have done, but there's one who knows how to ask questions whom you cannot explain. Uh, so the last lines of that poem were, so that is about judgment day when you're face to face with God. What will you do on that day when you are uh, uh, you stand before He who knows how to ask questions? <laughs> so it's, it's it's scary the whole idea of being condemned by our our littleness, our sins, our miseries. But God is omniscient. God knows everything. Not only that. God is pure. God is a, is a clean record book. And I am impure. I have got so many sins and bad karma being driven from life to life. So I am miserable. I am little knowing. I am small. I am subject to birth and death. I am being whirled around in the wheel of samsara. God is omniscient. God is not small. God is huge. Is uh, omnipresent. Is bigger than the universe itself. The universe exists in God. God is uh, pure. God is not subject to karma. God is not subject to birth and death. Even when God takes birth, it's out of his own choice as incarnation. So there's here and there. And a great, great difference. And here comes Vedanta to say, nope. Or the Americans put it even better. Nope. N-O-P-E, nope. There is no difference. That which is there is here. That which is here is there. How is that possible? How can the uh, microcosm and the macrocosm be the same? How can uh, one and the um, uh, infinite be the same? It is because what is appearing as one, and what is appearing as infinity, what is appearing as microcosm and appearing as the totality, it's one. And that is existence, consciousness, bliss. Um, in the Taittiriya Upanishad, they talk about the human bliss and the divine bliss, bliss of God. And uh, they have a calculus of bliss. In Taittiriya Upanishad, that's the second chapter. Brahmanandavalli, the bliss of Brahman. So what could be the maximum human bliss? You are uh, as rich as uh, Elon Musk and you, are, um, you have degrees from Ivy League colleges. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. That's exactly what the Upanishad says. Not literally Elon Musk and Ivy League colleges. Highly educated. All the wealth of the world is there. And yes, you are young. Uh, so the Upanishad recognizes very early on, 5,000 years ago, you have to be young to be happy. <laughs> it's a lot of work to be happy when you're old. So you're young. And he says, not only young, you're strong, you're vigorous, you're healthy, you're highly educated. You have all the money and power at your disposal. And you're a good-natured person. I mean, since you have a noble person, you have got high and glorious ideas of doing good to others. All of that together is the maximum possible human happiness. So they define maximum possible human happiness. One. And then he says there's more happiness possible. Really? And then they go on stage after stage to define levels of happiness for various kinds of beings in various heavens. 
they get more happiness than human beings. Even the maximum human happiness is paltry compared to the happiness you get in various heavens. And they work your way up this divine, you know, Jacob's ladder. <laughs> you climb your way up to the highest heaven, the world Brahmaloka, where Brahma, you know, um, which is the cosmic mind, Hiranyagarbha, has the maximum happiness. Maximum means in what sense? The maximum attainable, conceivable happiness in this universe. Uh, well, how much is that? I calculated. That is 10 to the power 20 times the happiness of the maximum human happiness. Take the maximum human happiness is one and then add 20 zeros after that. That much more happiness you get when you are Brahma. And in between, there are enormous ranges of happiness. Having said all this, this magnificent kind of, you know, um, science fiction, even science fiction can't wrap its heads around such an enormous conception of uh, happiness or enormity, in ba basically. Having said this, the Taittiriya Upanishad goes on to say, what is you, one human happiness, and what is these huge 10 to the power 20 extraordinary happiness in Brahma Loka, the highest heaven, it is one and the same. One is equal to 10 to the power 20. How is that possible? That's just wrong. No. You know, it's like, it is you, the Satchidananda, being reflected in various gross, subtle, causal bodies, various kinds of bodies. You get different kinds of happiness. You are there, and you have these multiple mirrors surrounding you, you know, like a pool of water, maybe. And then there is a, a, a steel plate and a dirty glass mirror and a clean glass mirror, maybe a platinum mirror. And when you look around, you get better and better reflections. Yeah. The, maybe a dirty pool of water will give you a vague outline of your face, like a caricature almost. A convex mirror, a concave mirror will give you twisted um, reflections of your face. But as you work your way up to finer and finer mirrors, when you come to, a, say, a polished platinum mirror or something like that, it gives you a really great reflection of your face. But if you say what is there in the dirty pool of water and in this expensive platinum mirror is one. How? It's you. Then let me see the original. I, me, the great. You can't. If you want to see yourself, see yourself means what? Experience yourself means what? You are objectifying yourself. To objectify yourself, you need uh, you need medium. What is the medium to objectify yourself? How can the absolute reality Brahman, how can you objectify yourself? How can you experience yourself as something out there? You need causal, subtle, and physical bodies. And the various kinds of causal, subtle, and physical bodies will give you different readings of your reality. But you are the infinite reality. So what is here is there. What is there is here. It is one and the same. What is in the worm, Swami Vivekananda says, the worm is the, is the cousin to the Nazarene, who is the highest conception of a per being you can think of. Maximum glory, purity, love. This is someone like Jesus Christ. And the lowest, most humble kind of creature, worm. He says the worm is veritably the cousin to the Nazarene. Why? Because beyond, beyond both, are one existence consciousness place. When Swami Vivekananda says, the, um, I am the ocean of which Buddhas and Christs are waves. What does he mean? Does he mean Vivekananda is the ocean of which Buddhas and Christs are waves? No, not at all. He means that which is uh, here is there also. And it is one Satchidananda. I am Satchidananda. I am the absolute. But in that sense, we can all say that. Don't say it out, uh, out loud. I am the ocean of which uh, Buddhas and Christ are waves, Vivekanandas and Ramakrishnas are waves. People will think you're crazy. But it is true. It is true. This is what the radical statement that Yama makes to the little boy Nachiketa. What you see in yourself, little boy, and what you see in me, the great glorious God of death, the extraordinary power of life and death over the universe. What, what you are, what I am, we are one reality. What is that? Is Nachiketa says, so I am not Nachiketa, I am actually you, the Lord of death. No. 
So you are me, Nachiketa. No. Neither Nachiketa is the ultimate truth, nor Yama, the Lord of Death, is the ultimate truth. Brahman is the ultimate truth. Neither the disciple is the ultimate truth, nor the guru is the ultimate truth. Brahman is the ultimate truth. But Nachiketa and Yama both are Brahman. Guru and disciple both are Brahman. I think I'm small and miserable. That is great and glorious. No, it is one reality appearing as the small, apparently small and miserable and as the great and glorious. That's the meaning of Tattvamasi. That thou art. Um, and after this, it will continue to appear like this. You will still lead this life. It is like an actor who um, plays one role as a beggar and another role as the emperor. Now, that which is the emperor is the beggar. That which is in the beggar is in the emperor. How? It's because it's that one reality which appears as both. Both are not the ultimate truth. There's an underlying ultimate truth. There's a ground in which both become both meet. And that's one reality. So, what is here is there. What is there is here. The meaning of the most wonderful mantra, Purnamada, Purnamidam, Purnat, Purnamudachyate, Purnasya, Purnamadaya, Purnameva, Vasheshyate. That's this meaning actually. Um, that ultimate reality, Satchidananda, is Purnam, is infinite, is whole. This here, which is appearing as this entire universe, this cosmos, is Purnam, it's perfect, it's whole. Um, from that absolute reality, Satchidananda Brahma, this has appeared. And in this, if you re uh, recognize that absolute reality, then that absolute reality alone remains. When you say, from that absolute reality, Brahman, the world has appeared, I, I'll, we'll feel that, oh, so Brahman is there, not there anymore. I missed the bus. Before the world appeared, I should have caught hold of Brahman. Too late now. Now it's a world. Now I'm Sarva Priyananda. Now all this miserable stuff is there. What else can I do? No. Vedanta is telling you, Upanishad is telling you, Yama is telling you, that absolute reality is right here. You have to recognize that absolute reality in the midst of this appearance. You have to recognize the screen in the midst of various movies being played. You have to recognize the ocean, in the, the water, in the various waves that are appearing before you. That is glorious. This is small. Ignorance. What appears as glorious, I still see the glory of the glorious. I still see the smallness of the small. But I understand both are ultimately, there's a deeper truth where both are one. The story which I like about the um, businessman who had fallen on hard days and he goes to a pawn shop and he says, here is my Ganesha, a golden uh, image, and uh, I'm going to pawn it. Please give me some money. Um, I want a loan. So the jeweler, he weighs the Ganesha and says, I'm going to give you, a char I'm going to give you money at this rate. The Ganesha comes complete with a mouse. So he weighs Ganesha's mouse. Uh, so the man asks, so this is for Ganesha. How much will you give me for the mouse? And the jeweler says, the same. It's um, the same rate. And the man is outraged. What? Ganesh ji ka jo bhao, You're giving me money. You're valuing Ganesha and the mouse at the same rate. Have you no devotion, man? What kind of an atheist are you? Non-believer. And the, the goldsmith says, jeweler, he says, well, for you, it is Ganesha and it is a mouse. For me, it's just gold. I'm sorry, brother, but it's just gold for me. I have to weigh it that way. When it comes to worshipping, great. I'll worship Ganesha with the mantras of Ganesha. By the way, in the worship of Ganesha, there's a worship of the mouse also. But the mantras are different. So Ganesha will be worshipped in one, one way. My prayers will be to Ganesha, not to the mouse. But... But when it comes to weighing it and uh, looking at the substance, the reality behind it, then it has to be the same rate because they're both gold. This is what um, Yama is telling. That which is there in the Ganesha, that which is there in the mouse, Ganesha and mouse are one and the same. It sounds outrageous, blasphemous, but it's the truth. With a particular name and a form, and a particular usage, it is Ganesha. The name is Ganesha, the form is Ganesha, and you worship Ganesha in this way. And another name, mouse, and a form of the mouse, and a particular usage, worship, is this is the mouse. 
but you understand both are the same. If one does not recognize it, then what will become prominent is the name and the form and the usage. In Sanskrit, Nama Rupa Vyavahara. One definition of Maya is Nama Rupa Vyavahara. Name, form and use is Maya. Even after you recognize the oneness of God and man, of Ganesha and mouse, your behavior, your activity will continue. You will continue to deal with the world as it should be. It will become easier in fact. Uh, you'll deal with it, but your inner eye will be different, your eye of knowledge. See, with these eyes, you will continue to see the differences. But with your eye of knowledge, you see one. When it says, when you see difference, you go from depth to depth, you have to see oneness. doesn't mean that after uh, Vedanta, you open your eyes, suddenly everything is a mass of light. Now you can't see people, uh, you can't see, it's all hazy, um, you know, vague. No, it doesn't mean that to be Vedanta, you must not see difference. I'll go around with closed eyes. What's happening? I'm not seeing any difference. I read, the Swami told me, Yama, the Lord of Death said, you must not see difference. The one who sees difference will go, to, um, go from death to death. It's worse than saying go to hell. That's at least one destination. But this is like, um, so Yama could have been kinder. He could have said the birth and death. You will go through many births and deaths. But he's harsh. He says, you will go from death to death. Uh, you, you lifetime after lifetime, the suffering and suffering and suffering. Why? If you see so simple, if you see difference. But the problem is, the moment I open my eyes, I see difference. Here, there are uh, seventy-three people here. Uh, there are um, computers and books and tables and difference. They're all different. I'm seeing difference. So this is ignorance. These physical eyes will show you difference. That's what they are meant for. But the knowledge given by Vedanta, you'll give the eye of knowledge will open, and you'll see by that eye of knowledge you see oneness, even while the physical eyes are still seeing the difference. That knowledge, eye of knowledge, is opened by Vedanta, and that there you see oneness. Otherwise, what happens is that story of the dweller's son, the goldsmith's son. So the goldsmith told his son. Uh, Hey, boy, go back to the house and open the vault. Get some gold from there. And the boy runs away and then he comes back and says, Dad, there's no gold. The goldsmith is shocked. I, said, I, I saw there was gold uh, this morning. What do you mean? Did you look? Yes, I looked. There's no gold at all. So he goes there uh, and opens the vault. And he says, there's gold. Here, look, the necklaces, the bracelets. The boy says, but that's a necklace. That's a bracelet. Where's, where's gold? You taught me, this is called a necklace, this is called a bracelet, this is called a ring, this is called a tiara. Where is the gold? So he is seeing that, but he's not seeing. And the father sees exactly what the son is seeing, but the father has the eye of knowledge. In the, all the ornaments, the eye of knowledge shows him one gold. Um, you see 10,000 waves in the ocean with these eyes. With the eye of knowledge, you see one mass of water. You see all the pottery. And the Vedantic rishis were big on pottery because those are things you found. Um, but with the eye of knowledge, you say all of it is just clay. Similarly, you see all people and the sky and the earth, the sun and the moon and the mouse and of which there are many in New York. So you see all of that with the eye of knowledge, you know, it is one consciousness, one being appearing as many. This is oneness. This is being established in oneness. And then he gives a warning. What's the harm if I see different? Not only see difference with these eyes. If I think, no, they are different. What do you mean thinking they are different? As we think now. I am this person. Those are those persons. Some are good. Some are bad. Some fulfill my expectations. Some are against me. And uh, some are indifferent to me. And I want these things in my life. This is my personal history, my tragedies, my suffering. This is what, if you think, yeah, that's what I think of myself. You are in serious trouble. Yama says, if you think that's the ultimate truth about you, those are there. But if that's you think, that's what you really are. Mrityu sa mrityu That one goes from death to death. Why? 
Why just by seeing that I am Brahman with the eye of knowledge, I will not go from death to death. And by seeing myself as a little person, I go from death to death. Literally, you are saying that if I see myself as a limited being, why will I die? A limited being is someone who is limited in time, who is born and who dies. You, you are saying I am the one who dies. Why, is, why, why will I suffer? Why will I um, um, be miserable if I, am, if I see myself, if I see difference? Difference means you are cutting yourself from, from others and saying, I am this much. Those are different. Then you are subject to ups and downs. I am this little mind. The mind will go through miseries and pleasures and pains. And then you say, it is I am miserable. I am dissatisfied. But if I see that as one constant mass of uh, awareness, being, consciousness, if I know that what you, I am in depth, I am that already. Then whatever happens at the level of body, stula, whatever happens at the level of uh, mind, sukshma, and nothing happens at the level of <laughs> the karana, so the causal, I am the same that much I know. How do I know? By the eye of knowledge. Not just because I've read it, I mean, it's clear to me. Whether a comedy is played or a tragedy is played on the cinema screen of life, I know it's all right. The physical eyes are showing disaster, a flood, earthquake, war. It's terrible. But your eye of knowledge is telling you this is a movie. It's all right. Which is more powerful? Will you say, no, the movie, that idea, that's, a, that's philosophy, that's theoretical. And I'm actually seeing so much suffering. How can you deny it? No, we don't do that. The eye of knowledge is so powerful. It overrides our physical eyes. It tells, tells me it's all right. It's supposed to be like this. It's a movie. Even when you get upset, isn't it? To enjoy a movie, really, you have to be able to, to be miserable, to be sad, to laugh, uh, to be angry. Those are the emotions evoked. If you don't react emotionally to a movie, you're not having an aesthetic experience. So you must be able to enjoy it. Even while, in, even while angry, even while upset, even while crying, you know it's all right. Literally like that in this world where five senses are play, playing for you, the multi-sensory movie, the eye of knowledge shows you the background, only it's not a background out there. It's you are the background. You are, it's called Chiddarpada, the mirror of consciousness. You are the consciousness, the, the screen on which this movie of life is being played out. And the eye of knowledge tells you at that level, it's fine. At the level of the movie, there are things to be done. There are actions to be taken. There are appropriate and inappropriate reactions. All of that we must learn. The underlying oneness shows you, you are fine. And he says, Goes from death to death, the one in this world, in this life, who sees as if many. Emphasizing again, even if though it looks like many, Brahman, the one mass of existence, consciousness, bliss, is still very much here. That is what this is, what we are experiencing. Pashyati sees. Sees the eye of knowledge. I should read out to you the Sanskrit original, so stirring of uh, Shankara's commentary. So Shankara says, this is one of his favorite uh, verses, mantras. Yadeveha karya karana upadhi samanvitam samsara dharmavad avabhasamanam avivekinam tade. Okay, so what here? Surrounded by the upadhis, I will not explain the term upadhi, uh, adjuncts basically. Surrounded by the upadhis of body here, mind, which appears as samsara dharmavat, has the attributes of samsara, born, aging. What is born and aging? Body. Miserable, happy. What is miserable and happy? Mind. And I, associated with all of this, I seem to have it. I am born. I age. I'm going to die. I am happy. I am delighted and I'm very satisfied. Next moment, quite dissatisfied everything. You see the madness of it. What are you holding on to? What's dragging you like a, a helpless you know, puppet through ups and downs? The mind. 
we have surrounded ourselves with these uh, things and we think i have got samsara dharma the characteristics of samsara who thinks like this aviveki now those who do not have viveka discernment discernment between eternal non eternal atma anatma self not self brahman appearance reality appearance those who don't discern those who don't have like the child who can't separate gold from the ornaments tadeva this very one right now you swatmastam amutra nitya vigyana ghana swabhavam sarva samsara dharma varjitam brahma this very one right now is that uh, he says nitya vigyana ghana eternal consciousness only consciousness only vigyana ghana means there is no space for anything one sadhu in uttarakhand you nicely would say thasathas bharpur jyokateo brahma this entire universe is packed solid with brahman there is no space for a universe where is the space for a body for a mind for a thought for misery for happiness for individual concerns there is no space it's all packed why here's the body it's all literally packed with existence consciousness place every particle of this universe radiates is shining with existence consciousness place for whom viveki the one who can discern for the person who can see the difference between ornament and gold person who understands the difference between movie screen and movie for that person every bit of that horror movie is full of that screen where there's no horror at all but it's perfectly all right then he says tatrevam tatrevam sati upadhi swabhavat upadhi swabhav bheda drishti lakshanaya avidyaya mohitasan so what happens is we look at the differences as i said at the physical level subtle level causal level only difference you see difference all around you look vedanta at no point denies this difference without this difference movie is not possible if uh, everybody in the movie looks alike what happened we are all brahman it will be a most boring movie so everybody everybody has the same lines to say everybody has the same action no they have as much difference as you like as much variety as you like as much ups and downs as you like as long as you know it's all right the it's it's brahman so he says because of the varieties upadi swabhavat bheda drishti because of the nature of these adjuncts bodies and minds and you know the physical and the subtle and the causal the varieties are presented by this but this is not a problem the variety can exist and if you know you it's a movie you can enjoy the movie because of the variety but the problem is avidyaya mohitasan deluded by ignorance if you remember vedanta sara he said maya has two powers vikshepa shakti avarna shakti maya projects variety and then hides the underlying oneness so maya projecting variety is this the movie of the universe great is no problem actually the real problem is it hides the underlying unity it hides that brahman behind everything it hides brahman that you are it hides hides the absolute truth and that hiding the absolute truth is not actually a fault of maya it's our ignorance and that can be removed by vedanta deluded by ignorance we think these are real yah brahmani nanabhut ananabhute parasmat anyo aham matyo anya pad anyat param brahmaiti where there is no difference one existence consciousness based uh, one the absolute reality i am different and the ultimate reality is different from me this is what we feel this is seeing difference you should not see this na pashyet do not see it. see means again i have knowledge i physicalize you are forced to see this what should you see what should be our understanding when we are experiencing life here he says vigyana ekarasam nairantaryena akashavat paripurnam brahmaivasmeeti pashyet <laughs> so beautiful he says see this 
విజ్ఞానైకరసం వన్ యూనిఫార్మ్ కాన్షియస్నెస్ ఇన్ మిజరీ ఇన్ హ్యాపీనెస్ ఇన్ అండర్స్టాండింగ్ ఇన్ నాట్ అండర్స్టాండింగ్ ఇన్ ద మోస్ట్ బ్రిలియంట్ ప్రొఫెసర్ ఇన్ ద మోస్ట్ ఇల్లిటరేట్ పర్సన్ ఇన్ ఆల్ ఆఫ్ దాట్ వన్ వన్ కాన్షియస్నెస్ see these differences you see if consciousness is the same how can there be high and low how can there be someone get a nobel prize and how can someone be um, you know an illiterate person um, a drop out from a school illiterate person drop out from a school difference in mind subtle subtle body nobel prize winning brilliant um, um, it's a brilliant mind the book was there a beautiful mind a movie was there beautiful mind they got it right it's a beautiful mind but beyond that is even more beautiful consciousness which is the same everywhere how is it same akashavat paripurnam as space everywhere its consciousness is like space it's called chidakasha the space the sky of consciousness the sky of awareness above below to the side to the left and the right in the front and the back all around you inside you outside you there is one limitless sky of consciousness oh good what about me brahmevaham asmiti i am that brahman then what is this body this mind this person this is like a pot in again a pot in the sky outside vast sky inside sky but inside and outside are the same limitless sky the pot just seems to be an appearance and that also is nothing but an appearance in the sky you are the sky of consciousness or a wave in the ocean outside the wave water inside the wave water in fact the boundary between the wave and everything else is also water limitless water you are that limitless ocean that water see this then you are at peace in the next mantra continues the same theme Oh, one more thing what is here is there also so what is in um, the brahma gyani enlightened guru the enlightened master and in me the unenlightened student is one and the same i remember one um, of my brother monks he told me the story about swami ranganathananda ji one of the great masters of our uh, he was the 13th president of our order the great vedanta teacher so once this um, my friend he was a novice and swami ranganathananda who was the vice president of our order at that time this was in the late 90s a 2000 about 21 years ago was visiting the main monastery in belur and uh, all the monks went to bow down to him he, he used to stay in the room next to the room where swami vivekananda lived um, 100 years ago so i still remember that room vividly and going to meet ranganathanji there bowing down to him so my friend also went and when he went he was late everybody else had left so my friend went and um bowed down to him and swami ranganathanji was lying down he looked at him and he said um about brahman that our that's our real nature and my friend said to him but swami i really don't understand it when the swami Uh, he looked up at him straight into his eyes he says that does not matter what is here what i am that that you are to it is the same now it's just the repetition of this uh, mantra here but my friend said when he looked at me with that force in his eyes and he said that emphatically something swept over me and my reaction was fear i became terribly scared. i became very scared my uh, knees started trembling he said and i ran away from that room he said i can know the the staircase down he said i ran away from that room and ran down the staircase and he says and he told me this years after swami ranganathan ji had passed he said perhaps i missed my chance i missed the bus he was trying to transmit something to me i said no it has been done he has told you the reality and it will work in your mind until it comes to fruition it's literally the mahavakya tattvamasi aham brahmasmi that's what he told you 
Notice the radical nature of Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. You know, it works both ways. One way is, who am I? I am not body, I am not mind, I am not the intellect, I am not the ego, I am Brahman. So that's this way. I am nothing but Brahman. Nothing means not body, mind, these are appearances. I am just Brahman. Nothing else, just Brahman. It works the other way around also. What is Brahman? It is nothing but you. There is, you are nothing but Brahman and there is no Brahman but you. Which means uh, Vishnu, Devi, God, Allah, all of that ultimately is nothing but you. In, notice the very radical state, nature of the statement when it works both ways. I am Brahman means I am nothing but Brahman, not body-mind. Brahman is I. It means there is no God. There is no, um, you know, those things apart from the divinity, apart from the real you. So he said, are you denying that there is no God? No, 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 no. At the relative level, universe, God, all of this, you know, causal level, subtle level, physical level, there is God and cosmic mind, all of that. But at the deepest level, your real nature, you and God are one reality. There's no God but you, and you are nothing but God. When it, you say, no God but me, ah, so I always knew I, Sarvapriyananda, was God. No, 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 you are not Sarvapriyananda. You say, you are God, it means you are nothing but God. You are not Sarvapriyananda, you are God. And God is nothing but you, does not mean God is Sarvapriyananda. God is nothing but God. <laughs> then the next one. I think I'll leave it. Just read it and leave it because there's something new being said. There's, a lot of it is repetition of the tenth one, but there's something new is being said. Manasevedam aptavyam neha nanasti kinchanam mrityusa mrityum gachati yaihananeva pashyati. This is to be attained through the, through the mind indeed. There is no diversity here whatsoever. He who sees as though there is difference here goes from death to death. Um, so there is a, basically the same thing is repeating. One goes from death to death who sees difference here. Who sees difference means thinks it's the difference he sees is real. This is the ultimate truth. But the interesting thing here is this knowledge, I am Brahman, is to be attained through the mind only. And so this is, throws up an interesting question. He keeps saying that it is beyond the mind. And uh, here it says, how can you attain it through the mind? Not only that, we say it cannot be thought of by the mind. We say beyond mind, beyond speech. And here it says only by the mind, not only through the mind. Through the mind only it can be attained. Uh, so what does it mean? Can it be attained through the mind? Is it attainable through mind or not attainable? And these opposite statements are there. Upanishad, Kena Upanishad says, Yan manasana manute yena hurmanomatam tadeva brahmhatvam vidhinedam yadidam upasate. It says, that which the mind cannot conceive of, but by which the mind conceives of everything. And you know what is it? It's consciousness. If you are, it's like a riddle. Mind cannot objectify consciousness, but consciousness illuminates the mind. Consciousness is the witness of the mind. Because of the presence of, the, of consciousness, you have experience of thinking, understanding, remembering. Um, that which the mind cannot objectify and that which illumines, illumines the mind, you know that as Brahman. But here it says just the opposite. By the mind alone it is to be known. There it says manasana manute, which cannot be thought of by the mind. It says here by, only by the mind it can be thought of or it can be known. So what does it mean? Um, there are three levels of Understanding this, multiple ways you can say. The simplest, most direct thing Sri Ramakrishna has said, by, and Shankaracharya also has said, by the mind alone means by the uh, purified mind. Sri Ramakrishna says, Shuddha Monir Gochor. The Atman can be realized by the purified mind. What do you mean by the purified mind? By the purified mind means by the mind which has the fourfold qualifications. Uh, clarity, the discernment between eternal and non-eternal. The dispassion for the non-eternal. And then, if you don't have dispassion for things in the world, you can't be equal to them. If you're not equal, you will see difference. You see, again, the problem will come. So dispassion makes you equal to everything. 
and then uh, the vairagya dispassion then the sixfold disciplines the six treasures you know them what they are and then the last one the intense desire for freedom so your your project now becomes um, freedom from samsara uh, so with these qualities the mind is purified the mind is not purified then it will not realize if the mind is purified it will be able to realize so that's one meaning by the mind alone by what kind of mind what kind of mind can profitably undertake vedantic inquiry a purified mind purified mind means what exactly it means these fourfold qualities to whatever extent then um a deeper meaning would be okay so i'll just leave it at that the two more levels which becomes more and more progressively complex i'll take up later let me just look at the comments and questions today rick says is it correct to say that there are not different physical subtle and causal levels for individual cosmos but that one our individual experience of these levels is just a limited version of the cosmic experience of these levels due to the limitations of the human mind body system true but look at the question moment you say human mind body system uh, there is a clear demarcation here is a human mind body system so it feels like an individual and that's the purpose of the ego for example the purpose of the ego is to appropriate for itself the activities and resources of one body and make you feel like one one being in some mystical experiences one can expand beyond that and still feel feel your oneness with all um so there seems to be many many units and beyond that there seems to be a, a an oceanic oneness but beyond that is brahman which is neither microcosm nor macrocosm neither individual nor total it's like waves ocean water waves individual ocean total waves microcosm ocean macrocosm but water is not uh, individual or total water is not uh, microcosm or macrocosm but both microcosm and macrocosm waves and ocean depend on the water but the water doesn't depend on anything similarly there are individuals there is a totality you are one being jiva and paramatma is everything god is everything individual and cosmic but beyond individual and beyond cosmic is the absolute reality brahman which is your real nature nilavora says ordinarily the use of the work word vishwa implies physical world as opposed to the explanation of vishwa as associated with individual that is true <laughs> but the word vishwa in vedic sense has many uh, uses like vishve deva uh, the the deities prodrigo oh my soul be prepared for the coming of the stranger be prepared for him who knows how to ask questions the rock by ts eliot good good thank you for the reference Nila Vora says there's some concept of Indra's net is what is meant by the same being reflected in multiple levels. That's a Buddhist conception. Yes, the net of Indra. Isn't callousness a real danger in Vedanta? Ignorance is really a sad thing. It might be a source of all sadness. Yes. If Maya veils, can it also reveal? Yes, you're right. Gloria asks, the Maya veils can it also reveal? It can reveal. How does it reveal? Here, it's revealing it now. We'll be attending Vedanta class. Yes, so it is a very ancient idea of Maya in Sankhya philosophy. Maya is called Prakriti, and Prakriti has does two things for us. We are like the children who is taken care of by by the old mother. And so that's actually an example used in a very ancient text called Sankhya Karika. Prakriti is like an old mother who carries her babies across the the terrible desert of samsara, the desert sands. she picks up each one of us and carries us to safety which is liberation uh so she does two things she gives us bhoga which means experience experience of what pleasure and pain why because we want it and then she gives us apavarga these are old very ancient terms for freedom apavarga uh, what does that mean uh, liberation from uh, limited existence both are given by prakriti and that idea has been has come over to maya Sri Ramakrishna put it this way: Vidya Maya and Avidya Maya. Avidya Maya is uh, ignorance, but ignorance sounds like pretty academic, you know, like you're ignorant. He makes it more vivid. M- my um, uh, son or daughter, my house, my money, my nephew. 
that is ignorance and then what is knowledge that all are my children my, my gopala is in the, in everybody that is knowledge so vidya maya that's also within maya you're still conceiving making a practice of it doing something so that's vidya maya this the other one is avidya maya avidya the maya of ignorance traps us further and further in samsara vidya maya hold on to god see god everywhere that will free you from samsara eventually neela ji asks swami ji sorry to ask a very basic question basic questions most important and most difficult to answer also is our ignorance and maya two different things or ignorance caused by maya ah you see here why vedanta sar is useful those who attend vedanta sar classes you would know the clear uh, definitions of maya of ignorance so all our ignorance yours mine everybody's uh, is a part of maya it's it's a power of maya and in fact it is constitutive of maya our causal bodies make up the totality which is called maya so our ignorance is specifically are due to the power of maya called avarna shakti is the veiling power of maya rick says in mantra 11 is mind synonymous with subtle intellect yes yes of course here mind means everything um, mind intellect specifically intellect because the katopanishad has already earlier uh, said that the highest reality is seen by the purified and sharpened intellect drishyate tu agraya buddhya sukshmaya sukshmadarshi bhi katopanishad has said then sangeeta asks uh, so what's that when put together ultimately in the example that you are um, god and you are not sarva priyananda while mind maya tends to make you believe the other way around true ignorance makes us think that i am only sarva priyananda but i am existence consciousness bliss now still sarva priyananda appears i am the actor and i have to play this role fine there's no problem there but if i'm trapped in the role and i do not know i'm an actor if i'm trapped in sarva priyananda and i do not know that i am the infinite brahman then problem arises because i see i am a limited being here is a limited being there is a glorious being that we are one and the same that does not seem clear to me Shiva Priya says Brahma Jnani sees no difference. Then Brahma is beyond my. Don't say Brahma. There's a difference between Brahma and Brahman. Brahma is Hiranyagarbha. It's the highest deity, a god. But Brahman is existence consciousness. Just say Atman, self. Is beyond mind, but realizes it through mind. When then a Brahma Jnani reaches Brahma, not reaches, realizes that I am Brahman. Then is is stay with it or come back with body and mind? Does not see the difference. Tell me. <laughs> now we have explained it enough when the actor realizes that i am an actor or actor knows i am an actor does he stay with the character or come back he can play the character to the hilt can totally forget that i am an actor and happily play the character he must forget that i am an actor in order to play the role very correctly there's no problem once you realize that uh, the the necklace and the bracelet and the ring are all made of gold will they still remain as necklace bracelet or ring certainly what difference will there be or will the necklaces bracelets and ring all melt into one indistinguishable mass of gold no no need when you realize your brahman see you think that you are realizing brahman is like i am attaining brahman do you come back but there is no going and coming back you have not gone anywhere you are right there if you realize suddenly that i am shiva priya i have realized now will you come back to this um, what will you come back anywhere go anywhere you've not gone anywhere where will you come back from okay then prabir babu you raised your hand yes maharaj pram uh, i have a question this is also a basic question and you may have answered it many times so we say that the dreams appear in the mind but for waking world we say that it bears in, con- in consciousness but Now, dreams and uh, and mind both appear in consciousness waking world and mind both appear in consciousness dreams also appear in consciousness ultimately but we say we specifically we say that the waking world is appearing in in consciousness a lot of your talks you say that could be appearing in consciousness you don't say uh, so you have, uh, you want me to clarify yes please all right okay. the waking world appears to the mind working through the sense organs contacting an external world 
That's our definition of waking, isn't it? I am this person. Through my eyes, I see world outside. Through my ears, I hear sounds. Smell, taste, touch. And then with my mind, I think about these things. And this is what I consider my waking. Now, in the dream, what happens? I forget all this because I fall asleep. So my senses lose contact with the world outside. I also forget that I'm sleeping. Only the mind is functional, uh, semi-functional, and it generates dreams in the mind. Then we go into a deep sleep where there's no dream, there is no sensory activity, just a blank. This is what we think of waking, dreaming, deep sleep. Now using these, Advaita Vedanta wants to show all of these are appearances and disappearances in consciousness. So when I say the waking world is appearing in consciousness, what I mean, first of all, take an absolutely common sense view of the waking world. Here is a world which I am seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching through sense organs and mind. Now, this mind, sense organ, body, world, all are appearing in consciousness. To explain that, the dream example is used. In the dream, you seem to have a body, you seem to have a world, you seem to be seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, but there is no world there. It's an imagination. There is no body there. It's an imagination. There's really no... What do you mean by seeing? Using eyes. But you're not using eyes there. Your eyes are, physical eyes are closed here. The whole thing is imagined in the mind. Just as the whole thing, subject, object, individual and world are imagined in the dream by the mind. They're nothing but the mind. Similarly, it's not mind here. In consciousness alone, uh, this entire world and the body and the mind and the senses and activities are imagined. But what about the dream? That is also in consciousness. Not only the waking is imagined in consciousness, waker and the waker's world and the whole waking avastha is an appearance in consciousness. The state of waking. State of waking is two things. You the waker and your world. All of it is appearing in consciousness. Dream. There's a dream state. And in the dream state, you have a person in the dream and a world in the dream. And yes, from the waker's perspective, both are appearing in the mind of the dreamer. But that mind also is appearing in consciousness. And in deep sleep, blank. That blank is also appearing in consciousness. And the cycle between blank and dream and waking, and waking and dream and blank, and waking, dreaming, deep sleep, and all of it is the underlying one consciousness Whatever you experience in this, these states, they're nothing other than that one consciousness. Thank you, Thank you. That one consciousness is Turiya. Somebody is asking, is it possible to get Anubhuti of Ishwara? In, in Advaita Vedanta, no. Because you, the consciousness, through the Upadi, the adjuncts of Maya, becomes Ishwara. But you, the consciousness, through the uh, Upadi, the uh, individual ignorance, our causal body, becomes the individual being. Now, when you say, is it possible to get the experience of Ishwara? What you mean is, can I, Mr. X or Mrs. Y, can I get the experience of God? How God experiences the universe? That's what you really mean. No. Because I, who is I in your, uh, can I experience? Is the I Mr. X or Mrs. Y? In that case, you have already assumed individual body, individual mind, and individual causal body. Then you are an individual. But beyond that, you are pure consciousness. But then the answer is yes, you can experience uh, the, have the experience of Ishwara. Oh, how? You are experiencing uh, the experience of Ishwara right now. What is Ishwara? Consciousness limited in one uh, in, in through, through Maya, experiencing the whole world. That's what Ishwara is doing, and you are the consciousness there. Then you actually your question is why don't I feel it? But then again, you have to ask who is this I who is asking the question. It's already consciousness limited by one mind. It wants to drag that experience to one mind and experience it in one mind. That's what you're asking. It's like asking, so if the ocean is, if the tsunami wave is water and I am water, can I experience being a tsunami wave? I'm a little wave and that's a tsunami wave. Can I experience being a tsunami wave? Nope. But you said we are the same. Oh, as water, eh? as water, you are experiencing tsunami wave already. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> you are not seeing yourself as water. You're seeing yourself as a little wave and you want to be the big wave. There lies all problem. There lies all problem. 
All right. So this is one answer. But there's a different answer given by Kashmiri Shaivism, which would give you an honest, straightforward yes. Vedanta gives you a slightly, you know, it asks like Ramana Marshi, can I experience the Ishwara's experience? Who is that I? If you clarify that, you will not ask this question. But Kashmiri Shaivism says, yes, yes. Shiva is the ultimate reality of this universe. And like Ishwara, creator, preserver, destroyer of the universe. And you can have experience of Shiva. It's called Purnahanta, the cosmic eye. So there, there are practices and some of the highest levels of realization. And they say you can have an Ishwara's experience. So that's from the, but the, that you notice is not a natural thing. That requires sadhana and will get specific experiences of, um, you know, from like standing on a mountaintop and seeing everything all around. But that's not the natural state of the uh, individual jiva. Shiva Priya. But Brahmagyan is not getting into Samadhi state. It's the, just the knowledge. Not just the knowledge. It is the knowledge, most important. Compared to that knowledge, you can say it's not just Samadhi. <laughs> uh, or just a theory of knowledge and acting accordingly, but trying to implement it as far as I know the facts that I am Brahman. No, 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 no. It's not a theory of knowledge. It's not having read this. I've heard it all. Yama has told me. I've read it. Swami has given me the talk. Now I must try to behave like Brahman. That's a good practice. But this is not what is meant. Uh, realizing Brahman, there is a specific breakthrough, a clarity which will come. Yeah. It is like waking up from a dream. So in the dream, if somebody tells me, look, this is a dream. And I get a whole class on what a dream is. Now I know what is a dream. I'm still dreaming. So this is what is meant, meant by waking? No, you haven't woken up yet. You've heard all that. Then the example of seeing the needle, I get the, uh, the there's a needle on the mountaintop. You get a set of uh, instructions to take you to the needle. Climb on this side of the mountain, reach that huge boulder. Near that boulder, you see the tree, which looks so tiny from here. That's a big tree. On this side of the tree, there'll be the main root. On, follow that route to the tip of the route. On the right side of the route, look carefully. Get down on your hands and knees. Look carefully. You will see the shining needle. Now, the last instruction is, look carefully. You will see the shining needle. That's not enough. After that, you need to see with your own eyes. The last instruction is, you are Brahman. It is one reality. Don't see difference. This is the last instruction. Like, see the needle. But you haven't seen it yet. You have to st still see it with your eyes. That clarity must come. It's a breakthrough. It's not just, I have understood it. Now you're supposed to live like that. Is that Vedanta? No, no. It's an important question that uh, she has asked. If you try to live like that, it will be a struggle. And it's a good practice. But that's not yet Brahma Jnani. So they're very clear. Brahma Jnani is not having read the Vedanta books or heard the classes. After reading, hearing, um, reflecting upon it, staying with it, it should become a, a clarity, a living clarity for you. Then then you don't need the Vedanta books after that. All right, very good. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ramakrishna Rupanamastu